ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. <laughs> no, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where this rubber and dust. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say you Jeffrey's back from wherever he was on Friday. I am not in studio. I'll be back in studio tomorrow. But today on the radio show, we will, of course, do the fight song roundup as we do every Monday when we will honor those football, college football teams that deserve to be honored and, uh, and dishonor one that deserves to be dishonored. Uh, Chris Odin is going to join us straight up at 10 o'clock. And then we have a whole lot to talk about. It was, it was, let's be honest, for me, and I don't know if it's too much to say this broadly, because there were good things that happened depending on what team you root for. But it was a crappy weekend uh, from a sports perspective. Uh, for me personally, because my beloved Buffalo Bills went down to defeat in London and were ravaged by injury in the process. So that really puts a damper on my mood today. But apart from that, if you're a Memphis Tiger fan, Curtis Givens III not going to the University of Memphis. As I was driving to the airport um, Friday, I heard your, uh, your, your colleague, your partner in the afternoon, Jeffrey Marcianato, say, he said, and, and I'm, 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 I co-signed this, by the way. He said, Curtis Gibbons III is, is he's announcing at a Memphis barbecue restaurant. You can't announce at a Memphis barbecue restaurant where you're heading to college unless you're going to Memphis. Like, that's a done deal. Yes, yet- I, I also, so he, he had made this point earlier in the week, and I said, normally I would agree with you, but the day that I saw Jeremy Liggins commit to LSU from the square in Oxford, that was when I decided I was done with with viewing I mean, I, with I predicting would, I, predicting what the result would be based upon based upon where, location. Where it was. I mean listen, if it had been at Owen Brennan's or something like that sure. I could have uh, then I could have you yeah yeah, t- yeah yeah that but literally big bills and by the way, if you're big bills I think Curtis Gibbons uh, his dad is a it's involved in that somehow. But is that really like, you know, there may be a boycott now of big bills. Can you, do you, do you want to be, I, 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 but let's be honest, people should go to college wherever they wish and we should celebrate them and wish them all the success in the world. But Memphians have uh, long memories. Parth did a story on John, talked to John Calipari and did a story on John Calipari and Derek Rose over the weekend. Yeah. 
And and if you look at the comments to that story, uh, comments aren't really particularly pro-Cal. Not, 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 not letting bygones be bygones? Not really letting bygones be bygones. And, and there's not even that much in the way of bygones to be bygones, right? I mean, like, really, all he did was leave. You know, like yeah, he took he, he took the Kentucky job. He did take he took the Kentucky job, and he took the players with him, right? And uh, yeah, I think that was really that's kind of the it's the that fact they what, took the class but with it, him. That is the way the world works, sure, right? I mean, they, I mean, they, uh, Lincoln Riley honest, took Caleb Williams to USC. If you're being honest with yourself, they weren't coming to Memphis for Memphis; they were coming for Cal, and so. It's really, if you're honest with yourself, and listen, I can work up a good hatred for John Calipari. I'll be better than most. But if you're being honest with yourself, you have to say people should be free to get take a better job or a different job, and coaches take players with them. That's, what, that, that, that's the way the world works. And similarly, if you're honest with yourself, uh, Curtis given. The third should go to college wherever he jolly well pleases or gets the best NIL deal, whichever, and, um, and should be able to announce at any, even at a Memphis barbecue place, even at a Memphis barbecue place, should be able to announce that he is heading, uh, that he is abandoning Memphis barbecue and heading to LSU. It was a stunner, though. Did you see any, any hint of this? Um, obviously, here was the hint. The LSU staff was there. Right. right. The, the hint is the LSU staff was there. But he said um, that he was very clear. He said that uh, that 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 he he told the Memphis staff. He waited to the last minute to tell the Memphis staff. Is what he said in part of the story on this. And so. Um, did you? But did you see any like crystal balls get shattered or crystal ball like at the last minute switch or anything? Like this was one that was. I understand it's an uncertain business recruiting. Sure, but this one was that was like a hundred percent for Memphis. Yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to claim that I didn't see any because honestly, in the middle of the week I just thought okay well everyone's been telling me this is what this is happening, it was trending that way and so I kind of moved on. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. but I, I, I do not know. I mean, it's entirely possible somebody did flip. You know, somebody flipped at the last second. It reminded me, Neil once upon a time covered Kai Madden's recruitment, and the Ole Miss yeah. staff thought that they were getting Kai Madden. And Neil said, I remember him calling me when he got to the ceremony. He's like, something has changed. Because, like, he's like, I saw a bunch of Arkansas people. And he's like, I, it seemed to me it was one of those kind of. It, it seemed similar to that that example. Um, it's you know, it's a blow to Memphis because they thought you know everyone. It's certainly a blow to Memphis fans because everyone in Memphis thought they were getting him. Um, the truth of the matter is, like John will tell you this endlessly has gone on about how recruiting has changed and maybe slightly changing back given that the, the COVID stuff is over the, but, but freshmen, and he's not a top 10 freshman. He's not a top 20 freshman. Um, you know, the, the record of, of a freshman contributing is pretty modest or thin at this point. And so, um, so I don't think it's a, Huge blow. I mean, you're the one who always says Penny's going to get players, right? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not that worried about the roster. I'm not that worried about it. 
you know, but it, having said that, it is a blow. And then, well, it uh, also seemed like it was a player that Penny had identified that he wanted. That he wanted, yeah. yes. And so, like, who that doesn't happen often that there's a player that he's identified uh, that he wants that he does not get, particularly someone, um, obviously, from Memphis. So it was for me a very mixed weekend. I was just going to go ahead and say that the Grizzlies return. We'll talk about that in a minute, and again, we'll talk about that more with Chris Harrington. And that was a joyous event to see the Grizzlies back in action. Um, but um, in many ways, a pretty mixed a mixed weekend, certainly from the perspective of my Buffalo Bills. But if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, let me ask you this, Jeffrey. Uh, before we get into all of this in earnest, and again, we'll be doing the fight song roundup uh, in the next segment, Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock, and then probably a little more on the NFL after that. Can we say after this weekend that there are clear favorites in the NFL if you're, if you're applying what you've seen so far this year and in college football? And by that, I would be referring to the San Francisco 49ers and the Georgia Bulldogs. I think, yeah, I think you can probably say it. I mean, I think the one issue with a team like the Niners that we've seen is, you know, you're like one or two injuries away from looking like all world. And, you know, then, then you know, the Eagles are still a really darn good football team. I think the Lions are a good football team. Like, it's all just going to be a matter of, like, who's healthy at the end. I, I'm actually a little bit more comfortable probably saying Georgia. If you wanted to make a case for Michigan – I would probably listen to it, but I still think Michigan has two significantly tougher games than, than Georgia's going to have on their regular season schedule. What's interesting is if we are saying San Francisco and Georgia, they are, I mean, the quarterbacks are proving things every week, particularly this week. Both had good games, right? Yeah. But you wouldn't say best quarterback in the NFL or best quarterback in college football, and yet we're saying those are, those are the, the, you know, the, the two what feels like should be the favorites at this point to your larger point about the injuries. That's absolutely right. Like you can be feeling great about yourself as the bills were after destroying Miami last week. And then you lose two more starters on defense and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, no, probably this may not be the year. I mean, literally that's where I am now on it. And maybe that's premature, but I sort of feel like, yeah, this, uh, you, and, and with 17 weeks, it is a slog. With 17 18, games, it is yeah. 18 weeks, 17 games. It's a total slog. That much more opportunity. Uh, that much more opportunity for injury. All right, we do have uh, breaking news on the Tigers, and that is the uh, uh, Memphis basketball. I mean, the, the media day for yeah, the American the, for Athletic the AAC. Now, yes, is 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 underway, and. Um, and Memphis is not picked to finish first. <laughs> was the was the I think it was eleven votes to three first place. Correct. Vote. I've got I've got the numbers in front of me. If you want to, was that surprising to you? I don't think it's surprising that FAU is first, right? I, 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 and I, I particularly uh, with DeAndre still in limbo. Um, is the is it surprising to you that it wasn't closer? No, because in the end. You know, Vegas has Vegas has FAU as the favorite, and like the gap, basically the gap between FAU and Memphis was the the eleven people voted for FAU to be first place, and then three voted for Memphis. The difference between them in the voting is eight points. So I, I presume literally everyone either had them first or second. So it's almost exactly where yeah, correct uh, yeah, 
and I, I listen. If you want to get offended, you can be offended. I'm not offended on on uh, you know uh, on, on Memphis's behalf. Uh, and so, I mean, I think for Penny Hardaway, you're you're kind of happy. You're kind of happy. Exactly right, because it doesn't change. Doesn't mean the reality. Your team is your team, and yet you now have something to say. Exactly yeah. right. It's also uh, Javon Quinterly was on the uh, first team. Jordan Brown picked second team All AAC, and that's it. Florida Atlantic had two on the first team and two um, co-players of the year. Memphis had the co. Uh, newcomers or the new rookies of the year, correct? And uh, JJ Taylor and Kyle Sharon font, um, which says something, doesn't it? Like the newcomers aren't as big a deal as they used to be. Yes, I think I think that's um, yes. Um, so anyway, so that happened, um, and then um, and then we had the Grizzlies return, um, and the Grizzlies. Um, I thought it was a pretty a pretty joyous scene at FedEx Forum. It is interesting. This team has, as we've talked about endlessly, you know, flipped its image um, for the last, you know, it, it, from being this beloved, cute, up-and-coming team to being a team that people nationwide sort of, you know, there's a punchline. But let's be honest, people love the Grizzlies. You know, like in Absolutely. Memphis, like none of that, yes people were disappointed that in jaw and people were disappointed in, um, in, 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 in Dylan, although I think they're by and large glad he's gone. But the contrast is, I mean, it's, it is the team in this city now where you get to know the players, you know, you get to know the players. So when Des is back and when Jaron's back and um, you know, when, when, when the, the players that you know are back, um, people are absolutely delighted to see them again. And whether it was at the open practice or at the game yesterday, it felt like there was a real sense of, isn't it great to see our you know, beloved Grizzlies back? That was at least the, the, the thing that I got out of it as much as anything. And then, of course, there was the Derrick Rose story. Um, and that's just a honeymoon, don't you think? Or a, a second honeymoon or whatever it is. How would you describe what's happening with the city of Derrick Rose? Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's honey. It's just like welcome back. It's like the prodigal son returning. Right. It's like the prodigal son returning. It's welcome back. And, um, and, and you know, people, people loved Derrick Rose when he was here. They absolutely loved him when he was here. And they still, you know, and they still love him and they love the story. And the truth of the matter is, last night, I don't know that we're going to see this level of effectiveness uh, throughout the season. In 13 minutes, 13 points. It felt like it felt like he didn't miss. He did miss. He was six of eight, but it felt like he didn't miss. So um, it was a it was many happy returns um, for Derrick Rose and the Grizzlies. Uh, they win in OT. Nobody in the world wanted to see OT, but you got OT. Um, and I don't know what else to take from it. What What do you particularly take from it? Jaron had a big game, led the team in scoring, five blocks, five rebounds. Steven Adams, I guess, the biggest story. Yeah, I, I thought Adams the biggest, the like, in, in terms of actual on-court, I thought the biggest thing was Steven Adams returning, and he, he looked good, I thought. Yeah, and he looked good. He looked healthy running up and down the court. Let's be honest, heading into the – heading into the in, – into the into – the, camp and preseason, the biggest question was what's going on with 
it with Stephen Adams. Yeah. Is he going to be healthy? And then even at media day, Stephen Adams was the one who was sort of pumping the brakes. Um, you know, uh, both Zach and Taylor were basically saying he was full go. And then we saw that he was full go. We also had, um, don't know how much you can take from it, um, but we had Luke Kennard as the starting small forward. Obviously, um, uh, no Marcus Smart. He is um, injured but is said to be ready, n- nothing long-term. Um, and so he didn't play last night. So Derek Rose started for him. But then you had um, Luke Kennard start at the small forward position. Do you think that is a signal? Do you think it's just the first game? Do you think it's the way things are trending? What would you say about that? I think the way that I would phrase it is, I think that's the most likely outcome for the first 25 games. Because I think in theory, Zaire is the one that makes the most sense from a fit perspective, but I still don't think it's there yet. And I don't, I think with the other thing that I took note of is like LaRavia was kind of, it felt like in a second group. Now, granted, it's preseason and then they could, you know, they could flip around the next game and it's the exact opposite. But I still think Luke Kennard's the most, the the most likely option because he's the most proven NBA guy of the of the possible options. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it, it, the the other reason it makes the most sense is while you have Marcus Smart and Dez as your starting backcourt, um, you know you've got Marcus Smart's defense, you got Jaron's defense, you got you know Dez is a credible defender. Once and so. And, and, and Luke Kennard's offense, although you didn't see it last night, will be even We, we you know, know what more, that is. More, I mean, do you, do you want yeah, to bet we, against we, his offense? Right. We know what it looks like. It'll be even more uh, welcome, uh, though, with that group. Um, whereas once you get Ja as, back in the starting lineup, Ja and Luke is, is, more of a, uh, uh, is, is a little bit more of a challenge as a defensive grouping. And so as a defensive pair, and so there, you know, maybe at that point, if Zaire has shown that he can handle it, maybe Zaire is, is the, uh, is the way you go there. But for now, again, I don't read anything particularly into last night. The fact that he was the guy who started because whatever you, it's one, one exhibition game. But I think that, um, that it just makes honestly logical sense going forward that he will be the one um, that he will be the one to emerge as the starter. Uh, Jaron Jackson had 18, five and five team didn't shoot well from three. Who cares? Eight of 38 from three. Do you think Desmond Bain's going to go one of six and Luke Kennard's going to go one of four very often? No one particularly cares about that. Jake was good in overtime. Um, but again, he looked like sort of the odd man out right now. Um, and, um, but he was uh, 6 of 14 overall. Zaire, 2 of 7, 4 rebounds in 21 minutes. Kenny Lofton uh, did what he does. He scored. Uh, and so that was the scene from there. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's AAC Media Day today. We got a big game with, with, between Memphis and Tulane Friday night. So there'll be a run up to that this weekend. Uh, Grizzlies play again tomorrow. And, uh, and of course, we got all the college football to do. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next in the fight song roundup. 
Uh, for now, let me tell you that if disaster strikes, you know who to call. 901 Respond. 901 Respond. Service Master by Cornerstone. That is, uh, that's, it, listen, they're the, uh, they're, the, they're, the, they're the number one Service Master franchise in the country, but they're locally owned, they're locally operated. So whether it's fire damage, whether it's storm damage, whether it's mold, mildew, whatever it is, they, uh, they are there and can set you right. They have a, they have a 24 hour phone line. They work with every insurance company. I don't think it's obvious, honestly, when a tree falls on your house at two in the morning, who you're supposed to call. Service Master by Cornerstone, 901 Respond. When we come back, we will do the fight song round up. Jeff Goff, 92.9 FM is. I'm Trista Crick with BetQL. The Packers play the Raiders in Las Vegas on Monday night, and here's a prop bet you should consider. Jordan Love's passing yardage prop is set at 232.5, and and even though people are down on Green Bay's passing attack, he's hit this prop three of his first four games. No Green Bay running back has gained more than 55 yards in a game this season, so Love is going to throw all night. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books and bet smarter with BetQL. Download the BetMGM app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary, the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. It means we're obligated to act in our client's best interest. So when do you make more money? Only when your clients make more money? Yep, we have one transparent management fee structured, so we do better when our clients do better. Sounds like you really look out for your clients. We do, because our priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments. 
clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Country music singer-songwriter Kylie Morgan absolutely loves her Genesis diamond ring. I got so many compliments as soon as I got the ring and continue to get compliments on it. It looks really pretty on my finger. <laughs> Kylie's husband Jay heard folks in the music industry raving about Genesis, but he also did a lot of homework on his own. When it came to finding the ring, he took it very seriously. He did all the research. I think he knows more about diamonds than any man in the entire world. <laughs> and that's how he landed on Genesis. He just knew that they were the best. Jay picked out a stunning, flawless, pear-shaped diamond in an elegant setting. Got the value price Genesis is known for. And now they both tell everyone they meet about the amazing Genesis experience. When you walk into Genesis, you can just feel the happiness. You know that they're helping find something that symbolizes the love that you have for your partner, and you can feel that as soon as you walk through the door. It's always been you, and I've always been your wife. Genesis Diamonds at Poplar and Perkins Extended. Are you a maintenance mechanic, diesel mechanic, welder, or a compactor repair person? Are you looking for a different kind of company and culture to be a part of? At Waste Connections and Team Waste, our employees reap the benefit of realizing their potential with our trust and full support. As a second chance company, we offer competitive pay, a sign-on bonus, tuition reimbursement, tool reimbursement for our mechanics, and at the end of every workday, you get to be home. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers.wasteconnections.com and become a part of a great team of people. When you think of health, where does your mind go? To the doctor's office or to your community where you can join kids clubs and local events? At your grocery store where an allowance makes it easier to eat healthy or on your street where a ride is there to take you to the doctor? We're WellPoint, a health insurance company that knows that health isn't just one thing. It's everything. WellPoint, your whole health is our whole point. Services are provided by WellPoint Texas Inc. or WellPoint Tennessee Inc. Your window into affordable luxury is Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis. At Pella, we offer quality replacement windows at any budget. I can't believe the price of my new windows. They were so affordable. If I knew I could afford windows and doors as gorgeous as these, I would have chosen Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis years ago. Right now, save 25% on your entire project or get 50% off installation. The highest quality, the greatest value. Choose Pella Windows and Doors of Memphis, your window into affordable luxury. Flu season is here. Protect yourself and your loved ones with a seasonal flu or senior flu shot at The Shot Nurse. With three locations, it's fast, convenient, and easy. Plus, it's free with most insurance. Or for groups of 10 or more, the nurse can come to you. Call 901-685-9999 or go to shotnurse.com to book your group appointment. The Shot Nurse is your wise choice. Something's smoking in Cordova, John. What's that? It's Topps Barbecue's newest location in Cordova, and they are now open. What's that now? Their 18th location here? Sure is, but the first one in my neighborhood, so I'm fired up. You're fired up, and so are those smokers. Hickory smoked pork, ribs, tender brisket. Can't forget the world-class burgers, the fire-braised chicken sandwich, fries, mac and cheese, and so much more. It's time to sink your teeth into all the deliciousness that Topps Barbecue has to offer. Now open at 7. 7960 Cordova Road at Germantown Parkway. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, did you know Vistaprint prints everything a small business needs? Like if a barbershop needs signage, we print outdoor signs, posters, and banners. Or if a ballet school needs merch, we print tote bags, t-shirts, hoodies, hats. Or if a coffee shop needs a total refresh, Vistaprint designs logos and prints it on menus, mugs, paper bags, anything. Because with Vistaprint, the printabilities are endless. Print it all with 25% off for new customers with code NEW25 at Vistaprint.com. I'm Tony Kornheiser, and this is my show. What, you expecting something different? Whether you're looking for deep, insightful dives into the day's top sports stories, that's why we have guests, right, Nigel? Or simply how to get changed for 100, you'll find it on the Tony Kornheiser Show. From football picks, from the best prognosticators in the business, including a monkey, to real-time baseball playoff analysis, to traffic in an area where you don't live, we got you covered. My friends, come on, and you know them. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Well, it's Monday. That means Wednesday's only two days away. That means... Uh, 25% martinis at Bounty and Broad only two days away. That means Wind Down Wednesday only two days away at Bounty on Broad. The, the martinis are between five and six, the 25% martinis. you got to get in there between five and six. Wind Down Wednesday is uh, the entire evening. Uh, and so half-price bottle of wine, half-price glass of wine, whichever your pleasure, make sure you get the pork belly confit, the succulent. It's, 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 it's the same meat that's used to make bacon, only it's not smoked. It's absolutely fantastic. Trust me. Just go to the bar, get the martinis. I don't know if martinis go with pork belly confit, but I'm going to tell you, they're both going to be delicious. It is Bounty on Broad, a beautiful restaurant in a restored old building on Broad Avenue. Take your friends, take your family, take yourself to Bounty on Broad. All right, Jeffrey, let's, uh, before we do the fight song roundup, did you, by the way, know... I was driving. I'm, I'm driving, Jeffrey. I'm, that's why I was a little distracted in the first segment. It's possible that when I'm on the road, I should just have you do the show or ask you to do the show because that last segment was a little harrowing. There were things going on that I don't even want to begin to describe. But one of the one, before that, I was driving along and there was a there was a billboard advertising vasectomies. Mm. And uh, you see those. You see the Jesus billboards. You see the uh, billboards advertising vasectomies. Um, but you see, uh, you then see billboards advertising undoing vasectomies. Ah, but reversing. This, this one, this one said, "Have one side done, get the other side done for free." So, are you familiar with how a vasectomy works? I, I didn't realize there was. I mean, I, I didn't. It turns out, I thought there was just one tube that carries the, the, the swimmers where they deserve to go that is tied. So this threw me into a, a, a absolute, I was, I was confused. Pretzel. Did you know that there was one side and the other side? Now, mind you, there are two. If it's depending on what you're counting down there, right. there are two of them. And that's what happens. They each have a separate tube. Two of the one main tube, and each of those tubes have to be tied or snipped or whatever else. 
And so this is the kind of insight that you're only going to get uh-huh. on the Jeff Gawkins show. Uh, so there you go. All right, let's do the fight song roundup. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm alright song. Cause I still got a lot of fight left in me. and assume we haven't played this recently, Jeffrey. Isn't that, don't you think that's true? I mean, last year they were 6-7 and seven under Brent Venables. Last year they got absolutely smashed by Texas, 49 to nothing. Um, have, you, have, you, have you played it in the last year and a half, do you think? I don't think we've played it in the last two seasons. Well, is it? I don't think they've had a big win in the last two seasons. Can we say that Oklahoma is back? Oklahoma defeats Texas 34-30 to 30 in dramatic in dramatic fashion, Dylan Gabriel with a winning touchdown. But he looked like he was big, about to get buried. Like, he threw from – there was felt like four dudes, like, about to bring him down. And uh, throws the winning touchdown pass. Oklahoma 34, Texas 30. Your thoughts? I think he was the difference. I mean, Ewers, Ewers had two critical turnovers. Gabriel was always, it felt like, under control, whether or not it was running, whether or not it was that last series. He just felt very smooth out there. And then the other big difference, I thought, in this game was the red zone. I mean, how many times did Texas get down there and come down, come away empty? I mean, you know, yeah, I'm looking at it now. The difference was Oklahoma got to the red zone six times, came away with 34 points. Texas gets to the red zone three times and comes away with three points. Like, that to me felt like the big difference. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously Ben Venable is a defensive guy, yeah. and 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 the thought was, hey, Lincoln Riley's gone. We can have a defense now, and um, and they bring in, by the way, sixty three new players. So it's not Dion level of uh, infusion. You look at the numbers and you think, okay, well, how good was the defense? They gave up five hundred twenty seven yards, right? That's that's a bunch of yards. But as you point out, much better in the red zone. They sacked Ewers five times, uh, forced the three turnovers actually, and then there was the goal line stand too. Yes. You know, like so, they they were good defensively in a way that you really hadn't seen on an Oklahoma team when they had to be. And then uh, and then Dylan Gabriel and Nick Anderson for the winning touchdown with just 15 seconds left. I thought Sark um, had a bad day, clock management wise. It felt like Sark had a bad day. Yes. I, well, there was, there, it got worse for other teams. Yes. It he got did worse not, for other he teams. He did not have the worst clock management He did day. not have the worst no, clock I, management I agree with day. you on that. Um, so where are you now on Oklahoma and Texas? It feels like we're going to see this again, right? I mean, that's kind of the other thing. It's, I, think, I think what we have established is if you were curious about whether or not Oklahoma was legitimately good, I think we got the answer to that. They are legitimately good. There were some questions of, had they played anyone that could really pressure them? Well, we know Texas is a good football team. And to me, Oklahoma, for most of the game, they looked like the better team. So I'm I'm definitely there. The problem is you sit there and you go, all right, the Big 12's not that great. These teams are just going to meet up again. Oh, no, and... He's going to play again. Yeah, you're going to have to beat him again. Correct. Uh, and, and, and by the way, if, you're, if your takeaway from this is that 
all these people who are saying Texas is back, Texas is not back. No, that's not true. Texas still has a, a win over Alabama in their pocket, right? Yes. And Texas is good. Like, no, they, you know, they, they didn't win. But get used to teams with imperfect records, you know, showing up in the playoffs. Yeah. If Texas is good. Texas might still be back. And so they just didn't win on that day. And they very well could have. Right? I mean, they very well if, could if have. If they get in another foot, they probably win right. the game. And they got to exact. So, uh, anyway, uh, Oklahoma 34, Texas 30. What's next? Missed uh, the Arkansas twenty-seven twenty. They uh, inject a little suspense into it. Almost now, by the way, five and one heading into a bye. That's pretty good. You know how we've been talking about how Memphis um, four and one as they head on. Like that's what you would have won as they as they take on Tulane. Well, Ole Miss four, five and one heading into a bye with a win over Arkansas pretty good. Obviously, those two big fourth-quarter scoring drives, the difference, they trailed 20-17, to 17, and then they uh, and then they put it together. Uh, they started out, almost started out 0 of 8 on third down, yep. and it's like, okay, this is going to be a model, and converted four of their last six. So, um, and then the defense, I thought, really was the story. To hold Arkansas to 36 rushing yards, five sacks. KJ Jefferson is good and was productive, but he had the two turnovers as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like, Dart gets banged up on the very first series. You could tell he was not 100% the entire game. Clearly, yeah. But this felt like the the type of game where Ole Miss has the bye week coming up. They just had the big win the week before. This is one of those ones where you got to figure out how to get out of there with the win, and they did so. Like, they finished their drives better, I thought, I thought, than Arkansas was. And this is now, you know, the the LSU game, the offense has to come through and make the big plays. But the two-lane game and this game for Ole Miss, their defense needed to make stops. They did. I'm still not sure how good I think Ole Miss is or isn't. But what thing I do think that they are very competent at is Dart is playing much better. And it feels like if they get into close games this year that they feel like they have an edge. And what of Sam Pittman? Uh, I didn't think 36 rushing yards was going to be his uh, what, what you would expect out of an Arkansas team under Sam Pittman. Obviously, he's gone from darling to uh, something other than darling uh, over there in Fayetteville. Yeah, it's the tough situation where it wasn't an overwhelmingly popular hire when it was made, but then there was a pleasant exceeding of expectations I think what the thing that has hurt Pittman is he had Barry Odom and he had Kendall Bryles as his coordinators well Barry goes and gets the UNLV head job Kendall goes to TCU I just think that you see when when you're kind of the CEO type coach how important it is to replace coordinators and I'm not sure that they've nailed that all right what's next I thought we 
were going to be done playing this for a while, Jeffrey. I thought that was the idea, that we were going to be done playing this one. It was, they were toast. It was over. This was not the same Alabama. Yeah, it's not the same Alabama. Um, but uh, who rules the West right now? Uh, water Alabama is what? 26. Alabama's still the best in the West. Yeah, Alabama 26, A&M 20. It was kind of preposterous. It was a they, really gross game. They trail 17 nothing at the half. 17-10, 17-10. I'm sorry, 17-10. They're sacked six times, nine false starts. Yes. Nine freaking false. Talk about gross. Nine false starts. Um, and can't rush the ball. Correct. You know, basically can't rush the ball. Nine false starts. They're sacked. They're losing. Uh, leading rusher Jalen McCollum with 12 for 45. Sack adjusted Alabama rushed the ball 3.3 yards a carry. And they don't have a quarterback, supposedly, right? So what happens? It's the Jalen Milrow game. That's what you, you knew that was going to happen, didn't you, As Jeffrey? everyone did. They're throwing it on first down. They're chunking it deep. <laughs> and he's just – he's lighting up the – we saw some really bad tackling from A&M, too. Uh, 21 to 31, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Up there, Jermaine Burton back, 11 for 195. It was a big play game, and I, I give Milrow credit. Like when you have a when you have a situation where A and M's defensive front is very good, you're not going to really be able to run the football. It was going to be very hard to drive the football, so they had to hit shot plays. And I give Milrow credit; like they hit shot plays. They had seven plays of fifteen plus yards. So to your point, that's what they did. They hit shot plays, and then of course when you say it's a big play game, that interception. Yes. Was absolutely critical. Caleb Downs, the diving pick, um, right after Milrow had been picked. They're, 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 A&M's leading 17-10. Milrow throws a pick. And he throws and, the type of pick where you're like, oh, boy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, boy. He's one of these. There he is. There's the guy that we yep. saw, right? And, and, uh, and immediately after, Caleb Downs dives, picks it back, and then Alabama goes down to score. Meanwhile, so Jimbo... In addition to the bad tackling, there were, you know, at, at, on fourth and one yep. uh, from plus territory, punted, and down nine with two minutes left, kicked the field goal from the two. Do you fault Jimbo for either of those decisions? I fault him for both. Like I, That's what I, I think so, too. I, I know everyone's like, well, you got to make it a one-score game. The reality is when you're down two scores like that, the hardest thing to get is the touchdown. Like, you're at the two. You have to get the the touchdown. You're at the the seven, you know. Yes. You're at the freaking two. Get the touchdown. Um, So, all right. So, where are we on the West, Jeffrey? Where are you on the West? I'm still not sure that Alabama's going to – I know the, the the conventional wisdom right now is, well, Alabama's still going to win the West. We're still heading for Alabama and Georgia. I still think there are enough teams in the West that can – like, if you go and you get in front of Alabama, like, LSU's going to be able to score because that, that those receivers are really, really good, and Daniels is really, really good, and he's playing well. I'm just still not convinced that this Alabama team is just going to skirt by unscathed. Yet at the same time, they control their own destiny. They're right where they want to be. And that defense, that defense and that defensive front is legitimate. 
Because that's the other thing. Uh, A&M couldn't do anything really either. Speaking of LSU, um, Daniels is insane. Like, he's really good. And he has to do everything for that team, you know? Uh they win 49 to 39. They're, they're he has to do everything in terms of their running. Like, their offensive line's not paying very well. Those receivers are studs, though. No, the neighbors is a total monster. Yes. Right? A, to, a total monster. Um, yes. Um, but, it, that's, okay, the passing game has to do everything. Correct. You know? Uh, or or they, Daniel's they running it himself. Right, yes. Because they can't stop anyone. And um, it doesn't matter if he's been absolutely, absolutely sensational. Um, you very clearly wouldn't take – you would take Georgia you, – you, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put that. You would not take Georgia against the field for the national title, but you would 100%, of course, take Georgia against the field for the SEC title? Correct. I think that's right. Um, all right, what's that? of fight songs we have not played very much lately. This is a Louisville fight song. The Scott Satterfield difference. Louisville is undefeated. Jeff Brom is having the, uh, listen, the Derrick Rose Hope homecoming has been lovely so far. Hard to top the Jeff Brom Brom homecoming. 6-0 right now. You got a field storming in Louisville as they beat Notre Dame 33-2. 20. Uh, Sam Hartman? I think he's now thrown nine picks in his last two games against against Louisville. I think he had six last year and he had three. He had on... last, yeah, he returns to the scene of the crime. He had six last year and this year three more. Sacked five times. Um, they just, I mean, they, they, they forced five turnovers. Louisville forced five turnovers, scored ten points off the turnovers. But here's, the, to me, the number. They outrushed Yes, that the, I completely game, agree with you on this. One eighty-five to forty-four. One like Notre Dame. What the hell? Well, not only that, like Notre Dame's defense. Notre Dame's defense had been pretty darn good against the run, and I mean, it wasn't like Louisville was just tossing it around the yard. Like they just lined up and played like bully ball. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, Tell me what's going to happen in the ACC. you got 300 undefeated teams that don't play each other. Oh, boy. Um, I still think Florida State is the best of the bunch. And I think right now I would take them against the field because, you know, you've still got Clem- – they've gotten rid of division, so it's just going to be the top two teams. But like, the most perfect thing is a team that we'll talk about here in just a minute. They're going to go and, and beat North Carolina. Like, that would make perfect sense. And you're just going to kind of wind up having chaos. But I still think the team that passes the eye test the best is, for me, it's still Florida State. I honestly think Clemson might be the next one. Like, they they weren't super sharp on Saturday, but they're still pretty darn good. And so it feels like they can be, like, the chaos team that, like, ruins everything. North Carolina looked good. I think, I don't know how you did this weekend, but North Carolina, you called this one, didn't you? No, I was, I I would have flipped, I would have flipped if I would have seen the injury report, but I had to, we had to do the picks early. Uh, Drake May, 33, 47, 442 yards, ran for another 55, three touchdowns. So, uh, so they look good. Um, 
All right, who is uh, next? We talked about him earlier. Uh, the number one team in the land, Georgia. It feels like the ga- this was the game that we've been asking Georgia to show us. Because I I still knew Georgia talent-wise was still very, very good. But I was starting to wonder, it's like, what if they what if they're actually the closer to the team that they had been showing us rather than what their potential was? We saw Georgia's ceiling is still very high. And I think I think they're now getting to the point where Carson Beck is getting more and more comfortable, and he's starting to really play good football. Uh, scored on eight of their first nine drives, including all six of the first half. Uh, Carson Beck, as you point out, 389 yards, four touchdowns. Brock Bowers continues to be an absolute monster, but this time he had help. It wasn't just Brock yeah. Bowers. Um, and I think that was a huge difference for them. They averaged... 10.1 yards per play in the first half. Again, I guess a good Kentucky team winning 51 to, or ostensibly good Kentucky team winning 51 to 13. Uh, Kentucky didn't help themselves. Like they had a bunch of penalties. Um, but you had Ray Davis, who had just gone crazy the week before, um, getting 59 yards. So uh, really on both sides of the ball, it was a dominant performance by Georgia. And it does feel like uh, it feels like we finally saw the Georgia team that people expected to see this year. And, um, yeah, like you can make an argument now, I guess, for, I guess Michigan is the, is the next most compelling, would you say? Michigan? For me, they are, yes. Uh, and they Michigan just destroyed Minnesota. But they like their average, Michigan's average win is 37%. Correct. They're just destroying people. And they're but, basically playing the same game every week. Like, it's they they get a lead, and then you just – it's over. Um, who's going to come out of the Pac-12, though? And, again, like, you, this one you did call. Didn't you call UCLA yes. over – Yeah, Washington I had that State? one. Um, UCLA and, – and, by the way, that one, 486 yards, 216 yards. Absolutely disemboweled them. The only reason but, it was close was the pick six at the end of the first half. Right. And you just wonder if this is like the Pac-12 is going to eat each other. I mean, that's kind of it's, – it's rule number one of college football that – I mean, I am very curious. This Oregon-Washington game is fascinating to me because Washington – Washington's strength is probably the one thing that makes Oregon a little vulnerable defensively with how well they can throw it down the field. And this was a game last year that Oregon had a pretty big lead in and they let Washington come all the way back, and Washington wins the game. I think, though, those are the two teams that I have the most faith in. I think they're the most, the two most consistent teams because I, I just got no faith that USC is going to – that USC what, the, with that defense is going inspirational. Their inspirational uh, win over Arizona did not persuade you. It did not uh, persuade me. Weekend. And Jed Fish might want to learn overtime rules. Um. Yeah. USC. Uh. Three overtime. Three overtimes to beat. Jed Fish tried to send his field goal, his extra point team uh, after the second overtime, and I'm sitting there going, like, why didn't he go for two in the first overtime? But neither here nor there, I suppose. Uh, how about Ohio State? They didn't look so great beating Maryland. They sort of, you know what? To me, you know what it felt like? It felt like Ryan Day was trying to like prove to Lou Holtz that. 
we were tough and run the ball. And then the second half, they just let Tom McCord let it rip, and he was great. 11 of 14, 205 yards, two touchdowns after the half, where they sort of dusted Maryland at that point. But eh, Michigan's been more impressive. Every time I watch Michigan and Ohio State play, I I come to the same conclusion of I don't know how the game's going to be a whole lot different than it has been the last two years. I think Michigan's going to be able to run it on Ohio State, and I think Michigan's corners can probably hang with Ohio State's receivers as much as anyone can. Again, I think it's probably still the best receiving core, but I don't know. I think that I just think it's going to be the same type of game that we've been seeing because, I mean, Jeff Louisville just ran the ball in Notre Dame, and regardless of, of what Ryan Day said, Ohio State wasn't running it down running it down Notre Dame's throat. I, I just, I still think that, I still think Michigan is that, is the team that, team to beat for me in the in the Big Ten. Notre Dame, by the way, has USC uh, coming up next. So, rough way to have to go from the Louisville loss to USC. Uh, all right, who are we blowing up? Well, you say that except for it's happened before. He did it again. He did it before. I I just don't. You explain to me, Jeffrey. How do you not take a knee? I don't know. If anyone missed it, by the way, uh, they're up 20 to 17 with 20 seconds, seconds, seconds left. Georgia Tech. And and it's not a situation where the play clock is screwed up. They, all you have to all do, you have to do is, is take an knee, and it's over. Have you seen Instead, the clip of the defensive the defensive player on the sideline going like, "What are we doing?" Yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> like insanity. And then uh, fumbles, and then of course they had to give up the touchdown. I mean, uh, even at, at that point, it was not. Uh, I mean, they were they were. Uh, it was. Incon- it, it was, I don't think inconceivable. Mario Cristobal afterwards, we should have taken a knee. You think? <laughs> I just don't know how you get over that. Oh, my God. I, I, it's, it's the problem with Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal, in terms of building a roster, recruiting, all prob- honestly, I guess you could make the argument the most important aspects of the job because the roster is, he is very, very good at that. But he is so bad in game that it makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't even know Uh, what they were trying to do. It it would be different to me, like, Jeff, if there were, I don't know, 15 to 20. Like, if you were in that spot where you just couldn't take a knee and run it out. I don't understand this. No, you know what it is? It's, it's, to me, it isn't, I don't think it was a, I think it was, it's, it is a total negligence inattention to detail is what Correct. it is, as opposed to a, hey, what we're going to do here is run it. Like, it wasn't a strategic decision to run. It was just, it was totally inattentive negligence is what it was, right? Don't you think? Like, I, I think they just like, yeah, okay, we're going to win this game. We're going to hand it out, whatever. They just, they don't button. He doesn't button down the detail. Like, that's just. And, I mean, know, I guess if you, if you want to be fair, like, Alabama kind of got away, like, on that last, that last possession, they they screwed up because they 
Alabama tried to throw it out to an uncovered receiver, even though if they just run the ball, the game's over. Or take a knee, the game is over. And they got away with it. But at the same time, it's like, this was so clean, like clear as day. If you take a knee, the game is over and you don't lose. Uh, other news, by the way. So Memphis has a big game Friday against Tulane, obviously. And I, I, I think there's real, I don't know, I've, I'm kind of excited for it. Um, it's got I a big game feel. It's got, yeah, I think it does. I think this week has a big game feel. I think the, the big week feel, it's got a big game feel. Um, and they've earned it. They put themselves in this position, and so that's great. In the meantime, Fresno lost. Indeed, um, they did to Wyoming. You pointed. You've, you've called that a long time ago. Wyoming they, is where that, dreams do go to die. That that I don't know if you called that. I don't think you called it, but you definitely yeah. That that, that conference they're going to eat each other. So I guess right now you'd say Wyoming is the favorite. I still go to the Peach Bowl, wouldn't you say? But they got you know Wyoming has undefeated Air Force next. I, I honestly think whoever wins Friday night is the is the favorite to go to the Peach Bowl. I really do believe that because I also think in the you Mountain mean, West, whoever there, wins Friday night is the favorite over Wyoming. Yeah, because in the Mountain West, I think there's just gonna it's it's Mountain West is like diet Pac-12 in which you've got a lot of tough road games and teams kind of eat themselves. Okay, but that's that's different. In other words. If Wyoming doesn't lose, you're still going to need Wyoming at this point to then lose again, right? That's coming. That yes, okay, I can see that's coming. And then Air Force loses again. I, I I suspect that that is coming as well. Um, so it really does mean that you are in a position, um, or could very well be in a position. And it it, it, it would well, I mean, like one about, of them's losing on Saturday. Wyoming plays Air Force, <laughs> right? That's what I mean. Wyoming play Air. No, that's what I'm saying. If Wyoming loses to Air Force. Right, and then then you need Air Force to lose the game going forward, right? Like at, yes. at that point, but you're confident that will happen. So it really is for all the grumbling. We'll call it grumbling about uh, the Memphis program and the trajectory and all of that. Um, they are in a position that if they can beat Tulane at home, what's the line on that game right now, Jeffrey? I think I saw it opened at three. Yeah, it's three and a, two lane by three and a half. Uh, win that game, and uh, and all things are possible. So it's kind of exciting. If you haven't gotten your tickets, I suspect there are some good tickets available. I saw someone on uh, someone on I think the Tiger Football Facebook page. This was um, they showed a picture of the Boise game. This from last 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 weekend, and Boise had a crowd of thirty, whatever it was, and it looked packed. Right? Looked absolutely packed. Yes, because their stadium's more. And that's the point. It's actually one of the real problems that, with, with this, with this, the project they're going to be doing at the Liberty Bowl. It doesn't fix that problem. It's still going to be the stadium that is way too big for the University of Memphis. It's just, it's going to be a problem. But, uh, so good tickets are available, I'm certain. But, um, this is a big game, and so um, if you uh, if you're so inclined to support the Tigers, this would be a moment to do that. Uh, Chris Harrington is going to join us uh, coming up next. Talk about the Grizzlies. Everything happened Saturday. It's good to see the mayor elect, by the way, sitting courtside. A kind of a cool moment that Drew big, Hill big weekend for Paul Young. Big weekend for Paul Young. Yes, big weekend for Paul Young. Um, is there something else 
the I just, I just felt like the, the victory tour. It felt like it was yeah, like it was a good we, weekend we to be Paul Young. Yeah, we 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 talked about Paul Friday when you were out and his win. I think there's like I don't know like I, I, I overwhelmingly I said this before. I think there's overwhelmingly skepticism about Memphians about Memphis and its future. Right? I, you know, like I, I I wrote a very upbeat column in the wake of his victory, and I got a lot of, yeah, uh, wait till I see it. And that's fair. You know, it's totally fair. Wait wait till you see it. It's also true that when a guy wins with fewer than 25,000 votes, um, it's just bizarre. But having said that, I I played much of his his victory uh, acceptance sort of speech. Um, I thought he was terrific. And and we'll see. Uh, Obviously, we'll see. But, yes, he did his victory tour this weekend. He was sitting there at courtside uh, at the open practice, I guess, on uh, Saturday. And, you know, Des comes over and Jaron comes over. And, you know, Jaron's obviously, you know, been someone who's openly advocated for voting, for example. And so um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool, cool deal there. We'll talk to Chris about um, about all of this and about what he saw from the Grizzlies in their 